Sorry we're a little late today. Uh, this week, I mean. Our apologies. Um, a lot a of... Sh- late last week. Y- yeah, last week. Well, no, yeah, I guess Sunday is the first day of the week. It, well, it depends. It, um, we had a few things go down at work. It's just, it's been a hectic week. And today is like the first night past like 11.44. It's, it's almost midnight now and it's the first night in the entire like two weeks that I, I don't feel completely fucking exhausted. Yeah, we tried to do this, uh, what is it, Thursday or Friday? Yeah, yeah, Thursday. And it just, it wouldn't have been a good idea. Yeah, it wasn't, we weren't, we both were tired, you... I wasn't happy with my performance in the last show. I was a sleepy goose. Yeah, so I was dead tired, and I didn't have any of my research done. Not that I need tons, but I was completely in the dark with what I wanted to talk about. I didn't even think, like, I didn't even think about it. We mm-hmm. decided last minute to do 1997, and, um, which is the topic today. And it kind yeah. of, I, I, I wanted to do it, but I didn't, I didn't really think about it. And uh, think about my life back in 97. I, I, didn't, I didn't pull the rug out from under you when I changed that last minute, did I? No. You didn't have a whole... Because we were supposed to be talking about someone very, very special to us today, but right, no, but, I, I didn't uh, have a whole well, anything. Yeah, I just want to have more time to watch him up at Treasure Island. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't have anything pulled out. Um, I thought about my life in 1997. I was talking on the beaches of Atlantic City about it today, and uh, there was. It was uh, so. Hold on, 1997. In the in the spring, I was leaving Troxel, so I was going from ninth grade. So at, the way I went up, I got the boot from Catholic school in seventh grade. So mm-hmm. in between 93 and 94, I believe, because I I finished out Christmas break in Catholic school, and then it, it turned 94, 1994, and I went to seventh grade at Troxel. Then uh, 94 to 95, I was in eighth. And not, no, no, you know what? It might have been 94 to 95. Fuck, I don't even know. I could work backwards. Like I graduated yeah. in 2000. Yeah, I graduated So 99, 98. Hold on, 99 was junior. 98 was sophomore. 97. So 97, I finished my freshman. Yes, 97, I was leaving Troxel. And I was entering uh, in the spring of ninety or the fall of ninety seven. I entered high school, which was tenth grade. At our we 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 would do seven, eight, and nine in junior or middle school, and then high school was eleven. The Millennium Falcon. No, I so <laughs> this is how fucked up it was. I spent K through half of seven in St. Francis, my Catholic school. Half mm-hmm. of seven, eight, and nine at Trucks on my middle school. 
10 yeah. and 11 at what was Parkland High School, and then 12th grade at the Millennium Falcon, the brand new Parkland High School. Wait, is that one really? That was only yeah. that. It's only that old. Yeah, 2000. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I was only there for one year. So if you Google Millennium High Falcon High School, the aerial view of our high school looks just like the Millennium Falcon. It's a meme. That's that's where I went to high school for a year. I was uh, the first class to graduate from there. The year 2000. Hmm. We used to have Remember these. Remember when the year 2000 was in the future? Yeah. Now it's the very very distant past. So much that um, I was I was I was just thinking of like again my life in '97 and I like I I wanted I added Dennis Rodman to the list and realized most of this shit happened in '96, but I I, I left I left Troxel like thinking we were the king the rings of the roost like you you're the ring like the biggest the cock of the walk like in. It, the way it's set up in ninth grade, you're like a, a small senior. I was, I was never that. So, you know, like you're, they're, like you're not, you're a freshman technically in high school, but you're the, you're the, mm-hmm. you're the oldest gl- like class in in your school at that point. You still have that overarching fear of the future, knowing that you are going to be crushed the moment you step into that new building. I, I don't know. Which in turn makes it hell for the people below you. No, it was weird that they were mixing. So the uh, two spring, the two uh, middle schools mixed, but I never, I never went. So a lot of the kids who knew each other from going to elementary school mm-hmm. got remixed in with each other, but I never knew any of these fucking kids. You know, I, oh, I yeah. went to Catholic school, so I was, a, I, I was an odd. Uh, so I had all these friends at Troxel, and then. I got there and no one has any idea who I am. I'm the new, I'm the new kid. I'm an I'm a enigma. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't getting thrown into this new building. It was actually kind of fun. I met some new friends and I kind of stopped like hanging out with my old Catholic school friends. So that's what 1997 was like new beginnings. I was big into the Foo Fighters. I was big into Smashing Pumpkins, mm-hmm. basically all grunge music. Uh, I was big into buying like CDs and making tapes off my, my my sound system that I got out of service merchandise. My my uh, my shelf speaker that every, everyone Ooh. had like a three to five disc changer dual mm-hmm. cassette. Yeah, uh, I, shelf I had a system. three. Yeah. So like now, like you get better sound out of something that fits in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, it was all about the bigger and the more like light up g- gadgets and gizmos, and you know what I mean. And I would just splice, like I would find old speakers like sitting on the side of the road and I'd bring them home and just kind of splice it into the existing ones there. And it still powered Which, it? Uh, to a point, yeah. That's not how audio works. No, but... Um, it sounded like shit, but hey, the more speakers, the better, right? That's what... The more is the better is what I say. So I uh, was also trying to like look at like what was going on in the area. So I looked up what bands were playing the Allentown Fair. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, in 1997. So we're about at fair time. It's in two weeks. You and I are going to be spending a lot of time there, um, which is good and bad. Ooh, funnel cake. Sure, you could have all. No, it's the... all good. There's funnel cake and tacos. There's fried everything. And fried, yeah, fried ice cream, and then the waffles and ice cream. Oh yeah, you're into that waffles and ice cream. You got you got a little taste of that at. Uh, oh, that was amazing. 
Oh, because they put they she put yeast in it, so it was more like it was very doughy. It wasn't just a regular waffle. Oh, it was so rich. And then ice cream and then homemade whipped cream on top. And then it was crushed up peanuts and crushed up peanut brittle on top with a chocolate and caramel glaze, like kind of just drizzled over top of it. Mm, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was fantastic. So I had this guy. I closed it. I'm trying to find it again. I had to fucking run down. And I ate the entire thing within uh, how far of a walk was that? 200 yards? I, I, was, the whole I thing. was in a different part of the fair. It was it was things, so I had to. Whoa, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa! You just kind of went haywire there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was melting. Broke up. No, like, like here, a new up. girl, hold this very expensive thing. While I eat my ice cream. All right, I gotta finish uh, finish your ice cream and uh, hold this thirteen thousand dollar camera. I got ice creams to eat. I I, have, I fucking had the the lineup squeezer. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I lost it. Now I found it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is this it? No. I'm an idiot. So, no. Well, yeah, because I had the page well, up. No, it's... This is our spinoff show, Googling on Podcasts. Googling on Podcasts. No, it's not Google. It's an actual... I have an account at newspapers.com, so I'm, like, checking archives. And I had it. I had the page up, and then I'm going to click some pages, and I click the X of the... the um, at the top of the my tabs gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone. Ah, so I know a couple of the bands. It was like uh, ZZ Top. It's it's just funny. It's like the same bands that still come through every year. Steve you Miller Band, uh, Boston. I was at that show. You were at I that. Went, I went with my dad. And you went to ZZ Top with your dad. In I saw ZZ Top with my dad. Huh? Did you get now Yonkos? you say that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and then. Peter Cetera, I think that was the last one, with 98 Degrees. The guys still talk about that show. They worked it, some of the guys. 98 Degrees in 97? Yeah. So that was before... Uh... They were an opening act, yeah. 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 So, I mean, not, I mean, there's still bands... Come... It's like I worked 1D before they blew up there. 1D? One Dimension. What's One Dimension? Isn't that a band? Am I oh. thinking of something else? Yeah, know. One Dimension, right? I never heard of them. Oh, I hear this. Vince Gill was Friday, August 29th. I don't know. That's country, right? Uh, I think so. John Michael Montgomery was Saturday the 30th. What are they? Oh, they have this. Uh, Wednesday the 29th was Steve Miller Band. Thursday the 28th was ZZ Top. Sunday was an evening with Boston, and Monday was John Cicada, not Peter Cicada. John Cicada with uh, gotcha. degrees. Who's John Cicada? Uh, he's a very annoying guy that hangs outside your window in the summer in a tree. Uh, Makes noises. John Cicada. Just another day. I, I don't think I ever... Just another day. Do you know this song? Oh, One Direction. One Dimension. I'm an asshole. One Direction. I don't know them either. They're oh, band? yeah. A bunch of... Yeah. It's, it's what do you expect it to be? Oh, I know this song. You know this song, right? Yeah. John Cicada. 
This is what I listen to when I'm driving at night when I don't have to worry about falling asleep and hitting a tree. Yacht Rock on... Yeah. Sexy music video, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so he was with 98 Degrees. I, that's when I thought it was Peter Stare. I'm like, wait, why would he be with 98 <laughs> Degrees? Um, it's a crossover act. But the funny thing I found about it was like the call Infotel line. Remember that? Oh, yeah. You call Infotel, the hotline. There was always a hotline. And then you'd like t- dial in a category and you'd get little information. I used to sit there on the phone and hit categories like on the reg. Like, I'm, a, I'm an idiot, like, as a kid. I just sit there and call Infotel and listen to the voice on the other line. <laughs> I guess I was a lonely kid. Wow, I completely... Yeah. Yeah. You're opening... Wow, you're opening up some memory banks right now. Call Infotel. I forgot all about that, but yeah, yeah. I would call. Uh, all right, so... You got your, I have a few things to do. I'm going to go mow the lawn and iron my clothes for the week. Do you want to go through your list? My obligatory list? Yes. Uh, Oh, did you see the email that we got? Which one? Um, um, From our our, our dear friend uh, with it, Hiding the Rock Lords. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said we glanced over like the best part. I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I took pictures of my rocks and rock lords. And my mom's like, why are you wasting film taking pictures of rocks? I'm like, because the rock lord's in there and you can't find him. And she's like, it's right there. I'm like, no. Oh. That was a fun little game. <sighs> Mom. Yeah, he's, he sent us a picture of uh, I'll post His rock it. lord. The rock lord. His rock lord. In the rock, rock garden. The rock. The rock garden, yeah. So it, it like worked, like it, if it was just like sitting there in the grass, it wouldn't have been too hard. But no, well, yeah, it took me a second. Yeah, it was um adorable. It was a, a good, uh, nice little uh, email to get. I was in again Atlantic City, mm. uh, the city of Atlantic. Uh, we were at the oceans. We ate at Guy Fieri's Chop House again. We were in, we were sailing down the Flavor Town Highway, ladies and gentlemen. It is so good. I even bought a a trucker hat. <laughs> I can take you to TGI Fridays, and you can save the gas. <laughs> no, this like I know you're trying to be funny because everyone <laughs> likes the goof on old guy. Yeah, it's fun. But this was this is like delicious food. It's really good. It's I'm exp- gonna keep supporting it. That way, one day you look like me, and I won't feel as bad about myself because it's, it's, it's ex- always easier to bring people down and bring yourself up. <laughs> it's expensive too. It's not cheap, but it's oh, well, I see. It's very delicious. It's expensive, folks. Hmm. No, you're trying to call it TGI Fridays. Yeah. Well, depending, I don't know. TGI Fridays is expensive to some people too. I mean, me. We, I'm sorry, we're an Applebee's family. <laughs> Maybe Thanksgiving we go to TGI Fridays, but uh, don't uh, shame me for my high class tastes. Yeah, meanwhile, someone's like, I like chilies. Lisa, my sister loves fucking chilies. 
Chili's is good too. I can't shit on those places. It's their favorite. So I just if I'm hungry and I want a ridiculously sized burger that's impossible to eat without looking like I just dove into a swamp, that's where I go. Chili's. It's like you can't just just any of them. Can I have a cheeseburger? Sure. What thirty toppings and sauces would you like on it? <laughs> I don't know, just a cheeseburger. Wouldn't you like that on a brioche bun? Well, yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. Actually, that sounds amazing. God, now I really want a cheeseburger right now. Speaking of cheeseburgers, uh, did you have the uh, Chick-fil-A mac and cheese? Even though it has nothing to do with cheeseburgers? There's Chick-fil-A mac and cheese. Oh, you didn't, ca- you didn't catch that? No. It's a new item on the menu, on the reg. What the kids say. What, are they trying to be more like KFC? I guess... I don't care. It's amazing. I'm not the biggest Chick-fil-A fan. Just uh, Okay, well, go and have the goat. Just go. It's You love chicken nuggets. Yeah, but... Like, I know it's better quality probably at Chick-fil-A, but... one of them, You like the mystery that comes with it. One of those salt bowls you get from KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I, I don't eat. know if, if it's made fresh there. Um as they claim, or they do a really good job of faking it like it's fresh, but it is damn good mac and cheese. I can't, sides? I can't see, oh yeah, mac and cheese. Huh. Yeah. When did this start? Uh, The 12th, I believe, was the first. How did I miss this? I don't know. Like I... Oh, man, fucking work is getting to me. Well, if you would have watched our own show that we produce, it was one of the top headlines. Oh, you put that in there? Oh, yeah. And I wrote it up like it was some glorious thing, like a sports analogy. And then I hit him halfway through with the mac and cheese, and it amused me. Um... It's really good. They actually even have like some little burnt cheese. It's real. It tastes like a homemade recipe. Better than, let's say... Better than uh, uh, what do you fuck it? What's that place behind us called? Dickies, barbecue. Yes, yeah, it's better. Okay, all right. What's the best mac and cheese? I mean, mine that I make at home is the best, but better than it, it reminds me of a homemade mac and cheese. Better than it reminds me of my own. Better than Dan's barbecue chicken at the fairgrounds. Um, I'll have to tell you after next week. <laughs> I haven't been down there in a while. The one on the ramp? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, that's close. That's good. See, that's what you just got to tell me the one on the ramp. Um, I, I get... don't want to say yes, but I'll just, maybe I'll go there this week and I'll we're, get some. We're going to go there. All right, well, maybe I'll, I don't want to wait oh, two weeks, so I'll go this week. <laughs> I'll go Thursday. They're open Thursday? They open Friday. They're open Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. People want to hear us talk about what we're going to do for lunch later this week. Well, I think they... But it's mac and cheese. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So there's new... I also knew exciting things for me. There's a new flavor of Philadelphia cream cheese out. So I'm like a... I did a deep dive into why it's Philadelphia cream cheese, and it goes back to pr- pretty much the invention of cream cheese. 
uh, some guy in upstate New York, kid, long story short, was making his version of uh, Nufa style cheese. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's, you know, that kind of cheese. You hate cream cheese, right? I can't stand it. Yeah. Oh, so weird. And um, mm-hmm. he, he just made a version with more cream and was selling it. And then he found this marketing guy who's told him to start calling it Philadelphia. Because back then, uh, Philadelphia was known as um, like the uh, like the food capital. Like a lot of good imported cheeses and everything came from food, uh, Philadelphia. So they called it Philadelphia cheese. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so when it says in the, the container since 1872... It's pretty much when the guy who wound up making Philadelphia cream cheese started making cream cheese. No shit. Yeah. And I love cracking cream cheese. I could eat it out of the tub. Oh. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah, it's delicious. Delish. I'd rather just, just give me a dry bagel. <laughs> You're a monster. It, well, yeah, but for <laughs> not that reason. Well, well, yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much, we got all the good housekeeping, food talk, food talk, rock lords, rock lords. Uh, let's get into your list. Let's hear it. All right. The year is 1997. I had some seltzers. I have some bubbles in my tummy. I apologize. Hmm. Bill Clinton is the president and there are 4.3 billion people on this fine planet we call earth. Oh, uh, Hong Kong gets returned to China, fitting as... Uh, well, not really. The UK left Hong Kong's as, uh, uh, and then China took Hong Kong. So well, was, instead yeah, of was, Hong Kong having freedom, it had it for like a hot minute and then China reclaimed it. And here we are today with uh, airports going crazy. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter becomes a thing. Uh, Ellen comes out of the closet. Uh, Princess Di had a funeral. Uh, Princess Di was killed in a car crash. Hang on. Princess Di was killed in a car crash. Princess Di had a funeral. Uh, Mother Teresa dies. Uh, Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson bites off Holyfield's ear. That was 97? That was 97. I remember this so vividly because my grandfather taped it because he had a decoder. I feel like that was later, yeah. Um, And he, so he recorded it off a pay-per-view and I was going to, go over and then watch it later. And I get to the house and he is so excited. He's like, come here, come here. You got to watch it. You got to watch this. Sit down. And it's one of those things like, uh, I don't, I don't want to even reference it on this show. Cause we're a family show, but, um, wait, what? Uh, uh, he, he was watching me watch this fight. Like you would watch someone else the first time they're watching a certain video involving a number of females and a drinking device. What? You know what I mean? Like, he was watching me for my reaction on the Holyfield thing. Oh, are you referencing that video that went around a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to say it, because we're a family show. (laughs) Squeezer. What? You made made us all sick. That's why you said it. I guess so. Um, What did I want to just say? What were we just... Oh, yeah, so... I, I've, Tyson I've met Tyson and, and been threatened by Tyson, and <laughs> he is a scary motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, when I was, hey, uh, Mike, you, you want to interview this person now? Uh, no, I don't want to do that anymore. 
And I'm like, hey, what about this one? I said, I don't want to do that anymore. I was like, oh, fuck. And then my boss was like, is he going to interview the person over headsets? And I'm like, I'm not fucking asking him. <laughs> like, so let's just say no, he's not. The interviews are done. Wait, we can do that? What? I can just, you can tell me to do something. Go, nah, I told you no. No, Mike, Mike Tyson could do that. Oh. Yeah. Mike, so you're saying I'm no Mike Tyson? No. He was scaring yeah. the bejesus out of me sitting there eating popcorn. when I bite your ear off tomorrow. <laughs> Titanic came out. It sure did. Uh, we also got As Good As It Gets, and everyone's like, oh, it's such a great movie. Oh, old people doing stuff. Uh, Clapton's Change the World was like a big hit. Mm. Yeah. Remember that song? Yes. Yeah. That was uh, the, uh, what the hell is that? With the... The guy in that movie, the one that was in the disco one. What? The Phenomenon, right? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie? yeah. He, uh, yeah, I actually saw that in the theaters. I think I did, too. Or, no, I saw it at the drive-in. I saw it at the drive-in. I, I, shot, I saw that Shank Weilers. I remember that. Mm. Uh, Mars Pathfinder uh, landed. Uh, Dolly the Sheep, we talked about her a little, a little while back. We did. Um... Ooh, we got Spice World. Thank fucking God, too. Thank God for that. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Mario Kart. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Remember Abe's Odyssey? Nope. Nah, it was a strange game. It was cool, though. And we also got Goldeneye, of course. Star Fox. We got Fallout uh, for the first time. Uh, GTA start his thing and of course paul rapper the rapper uh biggie got murdered pokemon hits the u.s uh some of the big hits were uh, i'll be missing you uh because you know biggie got murdered so puffy had to make some money off of it mm-hmm. mbop and uh candle in the wind because uh again gotta make more money off of dead people oh oh big willie style dropped also uh barbie girl by the artist known as aqua and uh, Don't Speak uh, was big. Uh, we also got uh, Lost World. And uh, Oh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Another Bond movie. Oh, and Air Force One. We talked about that in the previous show. Uh, Liar, Liar, and The Fifth Element. Another fan favorite of this show. Uh, almost done there. ECW Barely Legal. First ECW pay-per-view. I watched it. Dropped in 97. I still have my VHS recording of it. Um, really? The original? Yeah. Uh, I remember this. This was a big deal because this is also a reason we got in trouble to begin with because we were stealing this in advance before the other cable company pulled the plug. Disney Channel goes free cable. Right. If everyone forgets, Disney Channel used to be a subscription service back in the day. Yeah, we always had it free because of, de- of Jeffrey's job, but, you know. Uh, Chris Farley made an appearance on SNL, uh, and it would be his last appearance on TV. Before his passing, yeah. Uh, Montreal Screwjob took place in Montreal. Survivor Series. And Rick Rude. It was '97 when Rick Rude appeared on both Raw and Nitro on the same Monday night. Raw being pre-taped and him jumping ship to WCW. He was so disgusted. Yes. Yeah. Also, Antique Roadshow. I feel like that show should have been around much longer because it looks like it's older. Than a show that was produced in 1997. Mm-hmm. 
like it looks like a show produced in 1987 and hasn't been changed, but I love it all the same. Uh, uh, for all those local people, uh, CSN Philly uh, started up because it used to be uh, Spectrum or Spectrovision or whatever the hell it was called. Prism. So, Prism. Well, Prism Spectrum. I remember seeing Spectrum was one of them too. Nah, it was Prism. I had But I wonder, was that the case around the country too with Comcast kind of taking over markets? I don't know what it was across kind of how they became NBC Sportsnet now, right? But um, Prism launched in 1976, and that's where you they had like movies. It was weird. Um, it had it was somehow tied into Philly 57. I remember my dad describing this to me. Uh, but it wasn't just a sports channel like it is now. No, no, it played movies when there wasn't sports. It was like an HBO, so it was a pay channel. Oh, gotcha. And then... Um, then this is when they went and started the actual like Sportsnet for right. local Philly sports. Yeah. So all those experts can chime in with their opinion. Right, exactly. Uh, Arsenio Hall, no longer a show. Roseanne, uh, no longer a show. This, I remember, and... I completely forgotten, and I saw it, and I remember. I'm like, oh shit! I'm adding this to my list because I'm going to talk about this in the future. The Odyssey, a miniseries, uh, starring Amand Asante. Do you remember this? I think it was NBC. It was what like was a it? multi. What was, what was it? that? What was it called? Uh, Odyssey. Odyssey. No. Based no. off of the Homer? book, The Odyssey, by Homer, mm. not Simpson. Although they did do Homer's Odyssey in like a one of those mm-hmm. um, collection episodes. All right, continue. Oh, okay, and we'll wrap up with the sports stuff. The Packers beat the Pats. The Bulls repeat. Uh, Silver Charm wins the Kentucky Derby. And Elvis Stoiko is your men's figure skating world champion. It's a lot of stuff. A lot happened in 1997, and I left a lot out because no one wants to hear me just ramble on and on incessantly without a format. So now we will go to the part where I can ramble on and on incessantly with a format. Thank goodness for formats. But also, thank goodness, I'm going first. So here is my first pick. Is that a new big king? No, it's a bag, coach. No, in the bag, son. Yes, sir, it is. Well, what's a smart kid like you doing sitting on the bench? Get in there and play quarterback. Really? <laughs> like taking candy from a baby. The new Big King from Burger King, flame broiled with 75% more beef. It's like a Big Mac, except it's bigger and tastes better. And right now, you can get one for just 99 cents. Coach said I could play halfback. So I quickly panned down the... Uh... Joe Paterno one, because no one needs him on our show. Ugh, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, The Big King was Burger King's answer to The Big Mac, and they released it in 1997. Do you remember this, bastard of a I do. sandwich? Uh, it, was, it, it was almost identical to uh, The Big Mac, and um, it had, a, uh, I believe the ingredients were officially... Uh, 
quarter. Uh, well, okay, 1996. Uh, hold on, I'm losing my chain of thought here. Um, it was part of the menu for 20 years. In March of this year, it was sold under the Big King XL formulation. They keep just like taking away and bringing it back, <laughs> just like Burger King does. McDonald's still isn't brought back. Since we've been doing the show, I promise that when McDonald's brings back the McRib, I'm going to try it and make a video out of it. But um, I haven't really had a chance to uh, get one because they can't. They haven't brought it back. Uh, so the uh, this bastard was 530 calories, 31 grams of fat, 11 grams of saturated, 1.5 grams of trans fat. And 790 grams of sodium. That's more than half of your sodium. So if you eat this sandwich. That's that's still not that bad. Right. Compared to, uh, I went to Arby's the other day. Yeah. And the fact that they have a big red dot at the end of some of their sandwiches. And it says sodium warning next to it. Mm. Um, Yeah, sorry. I just. I, I I I hate the fact that they started putting calorie counts next to food because now it just makes <laughs> me feel to, bad when I order these things. Yeah, you have to look yourself uh, right in the calorie mirror. Yep. Um, so doing it anyway. There 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 was some sort of preserve, perceived weakness for McDonald's, so they had this double supreme cheeseburger, and um, it, it it had the look and composition of because it had the two beef patties. The king sauce, the lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on the three-part sesame seed bun. But they needed, like, the bit better name of it. And uh, so they called it the Big King. Uh, of course, the hamburger patties are flame-broiled and mm-hmm. uh, rather than the grilled and seasoned patties from um, uh, McDonald's. And the king sauce was a little different than the special sauce, but kind of the same. Uh they took out the center roll at first, but then I think they put it back in uh, just to really make it seem like, okay, we're competing with them. I don't get that center roll. I don't either, but I never had a Big Mac of you. I, I uh, Yeah, maybe like once or twice. I was, a, I was a quarter pounder guy, or preferably I would just get the two cheeseburger meal because I felt like I got more there because... I like to draw it out longer. Mm-hmm. As far as those go, I don't get why Burger King was doing that because I would prefer a Whopper over that thing. Yeah. If I'm, a Bur- if I'm at Burger King, I get a Whopper. Oh, you do? You're with, like... a, with a cowboy burger on the side. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, I got to support my small soldiers, people, you know? Right. So what is a Whopper? Whopper doesn't have cheese, right? Well, you get it with cheese because oh. cheese is delicious. Whopper with cheese. Um, it's uh just a big ass burger and just smothered in mayonnaise, I think. Uh, and, and um, it's the mayonnaise, I think that lettuce, tomato, onion. Yeah, yeah. So it's more like a like a restaurant hamburger than it's like a I would you know it's like a California burger. Right. Just big pounded flat from just depressed uh... depression and sadness. The Whopper is a hamburger, uh, a four-ounce flame-grilled burger, sesame seed bun, mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, pickles, ketchup, and sliced onion. Mm -hmm. Optional ingredients are American cheese, bacon, mustard, guacamole, jalapeno poppers, 
Wait, I can get jalapeno poppers oh, peppers, on my Whopper? I'm sorry. Peppers, not poppers. Peppers? Still? Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, I know where I'm going tomorrow now. So, yeah. Uh, apparently, there's an Impossible Whopper now. Yeah, have you had it? Uh, I can't. It would kill me. Real? Oh, the beans? Lentils? All that shit? Well, you, it, all the, th- like, the things it uses to make Impossible Meat yeah are things that will kill me it's like pea protein and soy mm-hmm. protein and yeah it would kill me i cannot wow. eat any of that meat substance um surprisingly enough that like they can't legally market it as either vegetarian or vegan though or i think they can say vegetarian but they can't say it's vegan because they cook it on the same grill right and also they put cheese and mayonnaise on it well it's also very true um I I didn't check. I I know our dear friend Bradley was excited about it. There's probably eggs in the bun too. It like, yeah, it can't. It's not vegan. No. Um. I'll give it a try. After I try the jalapenos and the Whopper, I don't know why I never thought of. I always get them when I'm at Five Guys. I might as well try it when I'm at Burger King. Just so you know, it can. A similar sized patty contains more sodium and saturated fats than an unseasoned beef patty. Uh, wait, wait, what's that? Oh, of the, the new one? The, yeah, the Impossible Burger. What I don't get is why is there any sodium in the burger? Because, look, I, I've made hamburgers myself. And even putting seasoning in and like a pinch of salt sometime, like, how. I feel like the amount of energy and effort to put that much sodium into something, like, is it just a game? I guess. Like, like, is it like the horsepower races now? Like, companies just saying how much sodium they can cram in, and it doesn't mean anything to us, but for them it's just bragging rights to see how much sodium they can cram in? Well, to make anything like this taste good, you gotta put salt in it, so, I mean, there's less fat. Burgers are delicious! Less cholesterol, but there's more sodium and more saturated fat. Well, but just a roast beef sandwich alone, going back to the Arby's thing, a roast beef sandwich alone is delicious. So why should there be a sodium warning on uh, on a regular old, you know, roast beef sandwich at Arby's? It's the double, by the way, but still. Yeah, I don't know. It's But I can't eat these plant-based fucking things because they'll kill me. I say we go get them. We kill them first. <laughs> um, I could... Uh, is there any chance we're going to get a Big King again? I think it's still out, isn't it? Oh, it's really... It's still... Uh... Oh, maybe it's not. I know in March it was in. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, fuck yeah. They'll bring it back. I'm going to try one now. I'm just curious. We can go we'll get a get a Big King and a a Big Mac... So there's potato and I gotta protein. I got to get a rodeo burger too because I always got to get a rodeo burger from Meth- a Burger King. Methylcellulose, yeast extract, cultured dextrose, food starch, soy lahimoglobin, salt, salt, pro- soy protein isolates. I love when we talk food and break down. And uh, mixed tocopherols, zinc glutinate. <laughs> No, I get it. Some when you start breaking it down, sometimes that's just like the roll, cause you know, like. No, this is the meat itself. 
Oh, Jesus. It should yeah. just say meat. No, this it's impossible meat. It's uh, water, soy, oh, pro- oh, oh. Water, oh, soy protein, concentrate, coconut oil, sunflower oil, natural flavors. It's mainly oils and so- soy protein. I don't know how the fuck they make it. Yeah, but mm. I, can't, I can't eat. I'm allergic to soy, so. If you just walk, if you like were to try to walk to my house and cut through one of the fields, you would just die. Probably. I drive through like miles of soybean fields my way in every day. But yeah, 1997 saw Burger King try and take on the king. How'd that go for him? Uh, I think Burger King's doing pretty well. But, um, you know, McDonald's is doing better probably. But as far as supplanting the Big Mac as like the premier sandwich. Oh, no, 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 people. I think think they didn't have to. They had their own, the Whopper. Yeah, that's what I didn't get. Like, that's what I compare to the Big Mac. Like, you got the Big Mac and you got the Whopper. Yeah. I, I don't like either. I like chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. I want the uh, Burger King to bring back chicken tenders, the original chicken tenders. Mm-hmm. Those black pepper beauties. All right, um, here's your first pick. How did I make it big? I know how <laughs> to play the game. I buy real estate, hotels, fancy cars, even railroads. And I take chances to make it big. Uh-oh, you've got to play the game. I'm Monopoly Game. It's not wise to upset a Wookiee. But sir, nobody worries about upsetting a droid. That's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, Arthur. Let the Wookiee win. Let the Wookiee win. All right, so if you can't tell by that clip, um, I could not find a commercial for Star Wars Monopoly. Was so there I one? made my own. I don't remember ever there being commercials for variants of Monopoly. Uh, other than uh, McDonald's? Well, m- uh, no. the McDonald's game, yes. Yeah. Oh, because that's all I came across. And then I got sucked down a wormhole just watching uh, Monopoly, uh, McDonald's Monopoly commercials for a while. But uh, in 1997, the Star Wars fanfare, uh, if you want to call it that, was at a new high. So they re-released, um, they re-released the movies um, with the digital enhancements. Um for good or bad, depending on who you're, um, you know, if you're Greedo. Uh, the figures were booming. Uh, Micro Machines were still a hit. They had launched just a little bit before this, and they were hot. And now Star Wars was just being plastered on absolutely everything. And me, I loved, if you told me, asked me what my favorite board game was, it's, it's Monopoly. I love Monopoly. And we would play. We'd have tournaments. It would it would drag on throughout the night. It was painful. How do you it have a tournament? Long. What's that? How do you have a Monopoly tournament? Uh, it's you and one other person. You play Monopoly all night long until you decide a winner after playing like ten games. Ten games? Uh, okay, like three games. Three games? It could. These would. Or we've had games drag on. Like you know how like you watch those people on TV play chess. Yeah. Apparently you like write letters and shit. Uh, yeah, that's how like our Monopoly games would end up going sometimes. Hmm. Um, until someone gets the what we would refer to as the Mister Rogers Industrial Strength Neighborhood, uh, which in no situation could you roll a die, and basically your best chance would be either to like land in jail, um, 
or you know get one of like the utilities because otherwise you're paying like you know hundred thousand dollars at a time because there's like a hotel on everything right and then you had like some crazy house rules and shit too to go with it you know of course um but 97 they came out with the initial and what i would call the quintessential star wars monopoly game because after this um i, I don't want to go so far as to say this was the first but there was going to be a a I believe uh, for fucking everything. Monopoly for fucking everything. Thank you. Um, and uh, there would also be an additional like five plus Star Wars monopolies. Well, yeah, that there's... was even the harder part of this. There's so many Star Wars monopolies that came out. Oh, yeah. Um, you got to get the prequels. You got to get the new movies. You got to get the Clone oh, the Wars. New, well, the new ones. There was that big outcry because they didn't make a Ray figure. Ray yeah. Character. yeah. Um, but in the one in 97, it was the uh, Star Wars Limited Collector's Edition. Uh, it, of course, produced by Parker Brothers. Uh, it had the shiny foil box, um, which was awesome. And uh, it would coincide with the 20th anniversary. Uh, the coolest part about this was the figures. And they had some really nice detailed pewter figures. Um, Ooh, pewter. A computer, yes, to play with. It's as close as you can get to having that fancy Monopoly on the wooden base that was in the back of every catalog. That we all wanted. I, I told you I used to keep that ad folded up and carried around in my pocket. That, that was, they, they say, like, write your wishes and dreams or your right. goals and, your, and put That's, it in your wallet. That was, that like, that was the yours. ultimate, yeah. Yeah, that was the ultimate get right there. That's actually one of my little, like, to-dos, like, woodworking projects like something i'd love to do is just go and get a regular monopoly board and because i don't think that was actually to scale a full size i think they shrunk that down a bit it feels like well, i think it was a full size. was it no maybe it's just to picture it oh see if we can't find it um i would love to do that's like one of my little projects is do something like that which uh, <laughs> maybe one day i'll make a birdhouse for over the course of three to four years um and so yeah you got um Luke, Han, Leia, and Chewie in R2, and then uh, Vader, Boba Fett, and a Stormtrooper. Mm. And yet they had some really nice detail to them. They were really cool looking. Um, I would always want to be like the Stormtrooper or uh, Boba Fett. As course. a kid, I liked Boba Fett, but I always wondered why Boba Fett got so much attention and had such a small role. Just like Phasma. I guess it's the same thing. Um. Yeah, but I think Boba Fett just had a bit of charisma of his own he looked cool he was different yeah but he was he barely was... in the movies yeah i mean I, yeah, that's a good idea we should clock that i mean he's we should clock it in as if Empire... it isn't clocked already it's not a well, google yeah, I... search away well, i know but we could put the effort into it um i mean and he's in return of the jedi for pretty much nothing just... yeah um and uh yeah, he just looks cool, and he was different. And people, I think he was one of those characters that no one knew. So the uh, fans and the uh, uh, expanded universe people could kind of like it, it. Gave you something to create something with. It instantly you create you had a character that you could you know expand on, and kind of make your own. Uh, Phasma, I think Ten the minutes. intention was. 
What's that? Ten minutes. In Empire or total? It says ten minutes. Though his presence in Star Wars movies amounts to less than ten minutes in total, Boba Fett has been a fan for decades. Wow. Well, is he part of this new Mandalorian? Um, I don't think it's... Uh, it's a good question. Yeah. I haven't I haven't really been following much on it because... Uh, I just I pick and choose my battles, and it's one of those things where I don't like I don't like show spoilers anymore. I kind of like just going in fresh. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna get the damn Disney thing, of course. Um, but yeah, I don't want to know anything going in. Uh, so it looks cool. Disney's dropping twenty five billion dollars on their streaming service content. That's fifteen billion more, I think, than uh, Hulu is. Hmm. Oh, Netflix, because yeah. Disney pretty much owns Hulu. Well, yeah. So it's actually even more than the the budget I I saw. It was like Disney's twenty five, NBC was ten, or it's like thirteen million or something like that, and then Netflix was ten million. So you can argue that Disney's, you know, from the very top, dropping close to like thirty seven, almost forty billion dollars on streaming content. If you, you know, put Hulu in that. I do. Yeah. Um, so, and the board is set up as a traditional Monopoly board. You have the, the four corners are still the same. You got your go, uh, uh, your jail, your free parking, your go to jail. Those are all the same and they look the same as the original. You have a cool little uh, Return of the Jedi space battle with some... Uh, X-Wings and uh, TIE Fighters and TIE Interceptors uh, fighting outside the Death Star uh, in the uh, in the center there. Uh, and then you, what's cool is you don't have like a chance in community chess anymore. You just have a uh, Imperial symbol and a Rebel symbol. So when you land on that, that's when you draw those cards. Uh, and then the, uh, the uh, properties, you start with Dagobah, which is perfect. It's, that's your little cheap you know, property, mm -hmm. and then you go to Hoth, uh, and then you get Tatooine, then Yavin, uh, Cloud City, uh, the Death Star, Endor, and then uh, your boardwalk is Coruscant. Oh. Yes. And then your uh, your utilities uh, are, uh, I think it was like the power regulator and a moisture evaporator. Mm. And then your railroads are uh, a TIE fighter. Uh, the Millennium Falcon, the Next Wing, and a Star Destroyer. And then from there, you just go on, you play Monopoly. Uh, what was cool, too, is your hotels are replaced with uh, Millennium Falcons and Star Destroyers that you place around the board, so it's not just little uh, red and green hotels that you have, like, scattered about. Hmm. I spent the weekend in the real-life Monopoly board this weekend. Ooh! I know if people know it, but all the streets and locations on Monopoly come from Atlantic City. So I, I took Baltic. You were at Coruscant. What? You were at Coruscant. I was walking that up and down Coruscant all weekend. Nice. Um, I don't I don't know where Park Place is in Atlantic City, but we took Baltic Avenue, which was what Dagobah. Uh, that that's Ar the first one, Arctic, right? Arctic, yeah. Yeah, it's Dagobah. Yeah, we took Arctic, uh, to. That we took Dagobah to the hotel. <laughs> But yeah, I, I told that to Enchantress the first time we ever went. I was like, you know, uh, 
all these names. She's like, yeah, I'm like, that's, do they look familiar? She's like, what? I'm like, it's from Monopoly. It's where they based all the names of Monopoly from Atlantic City. Hmm. Little insight for you. Thanks, See, folks. Been around for fucking ever. You could even watch a show about it called Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> <laughs> I started to. I enjoyed it. Really? I never did, and I want to go back and watch it. Cause... Yeah, I, I, I got a few in, and just like... Another Listen, show or life just happens and you, you forget to get into it. I'm oh, trying to go. I'm going through Deadwood now. Atlantic again. City has had a rebirth, in my opinion. It is awesome. I love going down there. Oh, yeah. You love it now. Yeah, it's beautiful beach town. Where you can have a great time and need a good Guy Fieri meal. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So I got... We're fostering this kitty, Crystal, and she is a snuggle bear. She just needs to be on oh, someone's snuggle bear. Yeah, she needs to be some on someone's lap. She's a, uh, if you're in the area, she's uh, about nine years old. Um, her her mother died. She was in a nursing home and passed away. Her her owner. And uh, oh, I thought like the cat was no in a no cat they I, they the way they refer to it. It's weird. Um, gotcha. You know, her cat mother, her, her live, live human mother of the cat. And she was depressed at the at the shelter. She wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. So Enchantress offered to bring her here. And she is no longer depressed. She's a little sweetheart. And she constantly needs to be snuggling, like, on your lap and just snuggling. Like, she uh-huh. is a little snuggle bear. Uh and she she plays well with the kitties. Uh, she's she's a little she doesn't like being pet when she doesn't want to, so she's a little snappy. But um, other than that, I think she'd be a perfect cat for someone who's looking for a cat. She's house trained, I guess, like most cats are. And I don't know much about them. I just know that this is a sweet cat. So if you're in the Lehigh Valley area and you're looking to adopt, or the the East Coast in general, close to Northeast. We've got one here, Crystal. That's her name that was given. We call her Snuggle Bear. Because she's a little Snuggle Bear. All right, here is my second pick. And this, uh, there's going to be a few clips here I'm going to play. Because I'm talking about animation that came out in 97. Did you know all those cartoon theme songs, Squeezer? Oh, hold on. Don't have you potted up. My bad. There you are. Oh, hi. 
Did you know all those theme songs? What was the last one? Pepper Ann. Oh. Yeah, I know. I didn't watch Pepper Ann. It was on uh, Disney's ABC's one Saturday morning and one two. I recall it. I just, I don't, th- I don't, I mean, I might have watched one or two, but yeah, I, I am no aficionado of said Pepper Ann. Um, 1997 was an animation boon. Uh, we saw King of the Hill, one of my favorite shows of all time. South Park, still going. Recess, I've talked about this show on the t- all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was 101 Dalmatians, the series, which was created by uh, Jim Jenkins, the uh, writer of Doug and creator of Doug. Angry Beavers, I Am Weasel, Johnny Bravo, Mummy's Alive. Uh, the New Adventures of Batman, which was a new take on the Batman the Animated Series, which led to the 1998 episode uh, Over the Edge, which is my favorite um, Batman the Animated Series episode ever. It sees Batman. Um, sorry, to take a swig of beer there. It sees <laughs> Batman uh, um, running from Gordon, being shot at in the beginning, uh, and because uh, because Batgirl's dead, and all of a sudden, uh, Robin and, and Batman meet up with Nightwing, and Nightwing's like, "I'm gonna help you," and he's in his apartment, and they crash in, they arrest Nightwing. And then Gordon makes a deal with Bane to end Batman's life. I'm not going to tell you the rest, but go and watch Over the Edge from Batman Animated Series. It was part of the New Adventures of Batman episodes. Holy shit, I think it's in Volume 4 of the Animated Series DVDs. Really awesome. Uh, Paul Dini, one of Paul Dini's episodes. You know how much I love a good Paul Dini uh, have you seen this one? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, some while back. But I remember, I remember, like, I went through and just kind of binged on... I'm trying to think of how long that was. Well, anyway, Over the Edge was a great episode. It came out in May of 98... And uh, then <laughs> another great episode, the Paul Dini episode, was Mad Love, when Harley reflects her first meeting the Joker. And, uh, I mean, that is like the quintessential. That came out in 99. That's how long the show lasted. It was around forever. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, also, so Recess couple kids on the on the playground coming up with capers another great show we talked about it before had the recess movie schools out great movie pepper ann was about this girl who daydreams it was on one two disney did some good things they didn't do great things with doug but they did good things with other shows king of the hill can we say what can we say about king of the hill uh so mike judge after making beavis and butthead um decided to try his hand on another animation that one that was a little more serious was genius was king of the hill um lasted 11 seasons it it was a show that just wouldn't end for him i still watch them all the time um great characters great storytelling created in 97 south park is still on to this day and i watched it back then i don't really watch it now but i i check it out from time to time 
Yeah, but it was more of a, um, a when it's not. But... It was more of a show I was into back then. Uh, back then it was, it was huge, and then it was one of those things. Like, I mean, for me, I don't know about you, but I had to like sneak it in. I couldn't watch it. No, at that point, my parents gave up on giving a shit. Oh, see, I was, my mom was still. Oh, you can't watch this. And then what sucked was, they found it and thought it was hilarious. And now they're dropping all these lines and they're walking around like singing, Mis you know, Mr. Hanky to Christmas Pooh like it's funny. I'm like, no, it's not funny to you. It's funny to me. This is mine. Stay out of my, you know, raunchy childhood. <laughs> and then they stepped it up and made it worse to the point where, yeah, they would have nothing to do with it. But um, I don't think my mom would find walking around sucking stem cells out of babies as humorous as I do. Yeah, to, to make your own... Uh, what video game store or restaurant or Taco Bell or something like that? Uh, I don't. There was a lot going on in that one. That was a good episode. Yeah. So just to intervene, I, I saw an update from Candy Hunting, one of my favorite uh, junk food blogs I follow. Mm -hmm. Totini, Totini's, the maker of pizza rolls, just released bags of mini snack mix in two varieties: America's favorites and original. So these are. I would presume you either microwave or you oven. And the, the America's Favorites has cheeseburger-flavored pizza roll snacks, cheddar bites, ham and cheese bites, and potato bites, like little hash browns. Ooh. The original snack mix has pepperoni pizza rolls, mozzarella sticks, cheesy marinara bites, and garlic bread bites. What God is out there creating junk food? Yeah. So you have sold. to. There's the bags are ninety pieces per bag. I don't know what the ratio is per, but <laughs> we'll have to get these and try it out. That's in, that seems like junk food heaven right there. I, next time I have a party, buy a bag of each in the oven. And that's it. I don't have to feed people anything else. That covers all the grounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to talk about some of my favorite cartoons of nineteen. 97. Squeezer, your next pick, please. They came to our planet. They destroyed our cities. But on November 7th, they'll learn they messed with the wrong species. Starship Troopers opens everywhere Friday. Opens everywhere Friday. Everywhere Friday and everywhere you would hear. I mean, did they just attach uh, song to it? Absolutely everything when it came time for oh, a commercial. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Not that it's a bad thing. Just saying. Um. Yeah, Starship Troopers. So I, I love this damn movie. I absolutely love it, and I think it's fantastic. I think it's really well done. I think it's bright, and it's smart, and no one gets it. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, in my opinion, is a genius when it comes to this, and I don't understand why he gets all the credit in the world when it comes to looking at RoboCop as satire, but yet Starship Troopers is just a dumb action movie. I remember, so it was 1997, I was in 7th grade, it was my German class, and 
it was our you teacher. Were in sev- you were in seventh grade. I was in seventh grade. You weren't. Yeah. You're a year. Be- you're a year behind me. I'm two. When did you graduate? Two thousand. Yeah, I'm two years behind you. Oh. I was in seventh grade. Yes, I'm a year younger than you, but I'm two years behind you because I didn't like to poop the potty. So I went to school late. Um, and all like every kid that I knew that my mom and dad were friends with, all their kids were all like just a little bit younger than me. So they held me back so I would go to school with all these kids that I already knew. Hmm. I was in that little like buffer zone. I could have gone either way. Same here, I guess. Um and we asked him, he's like, oh, you saw it, you saw it. And he's like, eh, no, don't watch it. it. It was awful. I hated it. Blah, blah. And I don't know if he either didn't want us to see it because he couldn't tell a bunch of his students to go see one of the most violent, horrific movies of its time where it was borderline NC-17 rating because it was so gory um, that they actually had to edit out some of the, like, there was a beheading that they had to cut out. Um because the problem is, it's not like it's like Terminator Two violence to an extent. It's the stabbing violence, because the bugs. You you can have shootings left and right all over the place, and people are so desensitized to it. But when you see people getting like gored and stabbed and ripped apart by giant insects, that's a different kind of violence that really sticks with you. Um. And then even to the point of the gun violence, the do you remember the scene? You've seen it, right? Yep. Yeah. The the training accident when a guy gets his head blown off. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a more realistic depiction of how horrific that could be with a high caliber rifle at close range. And they nail it. And as a kid seeing that, that really kind of fucked in my head. As in you wanted to go see it in real life? No, I didn't want to see it in real life. That it, I actually, for someone that would like come off as like, oh, yeah, I'm a tough guy, I like violent movies, uh, it grossed me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think it definitely it, it gets a, a bad rap. I think if you look at it, maybe there's some things that it could have been executed better. Um, but if you don't, it, you have to watch it as a satire. And when you do, you realize, like, what they were going for. And I think it really hits home more and more. Um, and just the... It's presented so positively as a, this brilliant, utopian, fascist movie. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, so it has to be, uh, like, a parody upon itself. And as far as sci-fi goes, I think it's great. It, it definitely strays from... Uh, the messages of uh, Heinlein, right? But I think it's for I think it I think it's done for the best. Uh, yeah, if you look at even even the good guys are very. You look at all their badges and logos and um, a lot of the uniforms. It's very Naziistic. That makes uh, sense. And then, yeah. and then they take that and they present it and they spin it with like this this positive light. And I even I love the. Uh, the the speech in school where they're talking about like the, the failure of the uh, uh, experiment known as democracy, mm-hmm. um, and of course, uh, to make it and even if you want to take it as like a B movie, 
it's a brilliant B movie. It's a very expensive B movie at like over a hundred million dollars, uh, and it didn't. It made its money back. It wasn't a, a monster. It did have two direct-to-video sequels, and it also gave us a uh, kids animated uh, series, uh, which is kind of cool. Actually, it was all CGI. I enjoyed it. Um, but it's got Michael Ironside. So what more do you really want? You don't really need much more than that. Yeah. Uh, we were watching what was on the other day. Uh, Total Recall was on. Mm. I just I had to watch it because you know, well, it's awesome. But it's also Michael Ironside. So. But yeah, I I can't believe that it doesn't. I I want it, I want it to be looked back on as a much. I'd like to see it in a more positive light. I don't know about you. Where if if you think it it deserves it, but I just uh. yeah for sure I I do think it. I mean, it it's kind of like a chintzy B movie, and I think people in our age see it that way, and it gets it gets more respect than I think most people would ever thought it got back in the day. Yeah, I mean the line, and it still sticks with me too. Michael Ironside's line where he goes, he he puts his fingers in the guy's head, and he looks at uh, Casper Van Dien, and he goes. He sucked his brains out. I mean, if you watch, you're watching this movie, and at that point you're taking it seriously the entire time, and then he delivers that line the way he does, and that doesn't make you go, "Oh, I get it now." And that, and that also, the whole brain stabbing, skull stabbing, brain sucking thing, really just. Ooh. I'm not a bug guy to begin with. Mm-hmm. So uh, immediately, just oh god, it, it, I love it, but it skews me out at all the at the same time. And we also get Neil Patrick Harris, MPH. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, I think it's time to move on to my next pick. Um, so I, we. We're getting kind of old in 1997, and um, it was kind of hard for me to talk about just like, I don't know, uh, like children things, you know what I mean? I had to think of more like adult things to talk about. And 1997, Radiohead dropped an album that was like, seminal to me and it, it came right in the right like as we released from school i think the day or two before and then obviously had this song paranoid android on it mm-hmm. and um okay computers the album i picked it up from tunes and it was obsessed i'm still obsessed with this album i love this album to fucking death uh karma police lucky no surprises airbags like all these songs uh, it was their third album by Radiohead, and like I said, it came out in June 16th, 1997, right as we're, I'm, I'm leaving middle school and heading to high school for the first time ever, and I had that whole summer. Oh, your high school. Yeah. So, summer's at Dorney Park, and pet kissing, and holding hands, and, you know, and thinking With of- girls? Yeah. Ugh. 
the, the threshold of adulthood was before me in this album, which I didn't understand why I liked it so much, but I knew I liked it like a whole hell of a lot. And this fucking music video was insane. Remember this cartoon music video? I'm trying to remember it now. It's been so while since I saw it. It was amazing. And uh, it played like constantly. And um, so while I got into uh, Radiohead early with uh, hearing some of their songs and, you know, it wasn't until I got out of Catholic school that I started getting into pop music. And like Smashing Pumpkins and Foo Fighters, no doubt, were, were and uh, Weezer were bands I was into. 1997 would also see, this summer, and this month, June, would see me going on my first concert ever. I would go to the Blockbuster Ooh. Entertainment Center, which is now the BB&T Pavilion in Camden, New Jersey, to see... Uh, you should have run through all the names of it. Yeah, I know, right? I would have been here all day. To see, um, no doubt... Uh, with Weezer and the Luna Chicks. Hmm. It was awesome. Uh, I just did video for a Weezer concert uh, during Music Fest, and they're still awesome. I just wish No Doubt would get together and tour again. That'd be great. That would be cool. So, um, Radiohead recorded this amazing album, and just this past summer, uh, the, their sessions came out. The, the, uh, a tape that was stolen, uh, I'm sorry, mini discs that was stolen of their sessions. That's like crazy awesome and I gotta get behind and listen and like my next favorite uh, Radiohead album is OK Rainbows and um, not OK Rainbows In Rainbows I'm sorry and uh, they kind of call it the like unofficial sequel to OK Computer so it makes sense why those two are so high on my list and his uh, Tom York said his starting point for the record was to have these like incredibly sound like terrifying and dense sounds um and he 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 really was was uh influenced by bitches brew miles davis 1970 avant-garde jazz fusion album uh that 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 makes sense yeah and um if you just every song in this album is, is fucking perfect and uh they use a 1990s era macintosh lc2 system for the synthesized voices of Fred, including uh, included with older Microsoft software to recite the lyrics of Fitter Happier. It's that short uh, uh, sampled background track with uh, Fred doing the voice. There's so much great shit in this, this album. If you've never listened to OK Computer, what the heck's wrong with you? Go get this album, listen to it, feel the the music and then go and listen to In Rainbows fantastic stuff uh, Tom York is a genius the whole band's genius and uh, getting this uh, there's something about like um, music back then that, that like you could pinpoint a, a, a certain point in time that you were listening to an album because you didn't have Apple Music this was even before Napster this was two years before Napster Mm-hmm. So, like, you got an album, and that was what you listened to and over and over and over and over and over. And it defined, like, that point in time for you. And this album was one of them. And, uh, yeah, so it says, Mini Discs Hacked. In early June 2019, nearly 18 hours of demos, outtakes, and other materials recorded during the OK Computer period leaked online. 
On June 11th, Radiohead made the archive titled Mini Disc Hacked available to stream or purchase from the music sharing site Bandcamp for 18 days. The proceeds going to the environmental advocacy group Extinction Rebellion. So yeah, all these like lost mini disc shit came out. So there's tons of stuff out there. Um, but yeah, paranoid. Go watch the Paranoid Android video if you haven't seen it in a while, and um, go give OK Computer a listen. Another spin. I have it on vinyl. Um, and it's one of my favorite albums to this day. Squeezer. Mm, nice. Yes. Your, your next pick, sir. You are about to embark on a top-secret military mission through a doorway of adventure over the threshold of time to the point of no return. Richard Dean Anderson takes adventure to a whole new dimension. You just never know what will be on the other side until you get there. Cut it short because it goes on for another two minutes before they go Stargate SG-1. Wasn't Stargate like a Kevin Costner movie? Or no, a Kevin... Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell movie, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Kurt Russell. It, the original Stargate came out in 94. It was Kurt Russell directed uh, by Roland Emmerich and wrote, written uh, by uh, uh, Dean Devlin. Uh, and then so uh, a couple guys... Uh, a couple years later, so it, word was MGM wanted to launch a Stargate series, and uh, 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 where the hell are they? Uh, two guys uh, that worked on uh, the Outer Limits together uh, independently approached uh, MGM, th th saying that they want to produce a show as, as showrunners. And they looked at their body work. Oh, it's Brad Wright and uh, Jonathan Glasner. And they're like, you guys can you can do it, but you have to do it with each other. They like their work, I guess, and they put them together. And originally they wanted uh, 44 episodes for two seasons uh, for show and then for showtime. Um, and they were looking to kind of launch more, you know, more programming. You know, yeah. now we take it for for granted that like Showtime and HBO and all them would, you know, they have their own series and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't as common back then. You know, you just they were movie channels, right? Um, and they had they wanted they wanted Stargate, and I remember this trailer. I remember watching this, and first I don't know why we had Showtime for a while, hmm. and um. I was so looking forward to this, and it was it was a Sunday night uh, when this launched, and I was all in. I was obsessed with this show, and MacGyver was in it, uh, and they had a pretty decent budget, uh, and it, it was just because I I was a fan of the original film. Did you see the original Stargate? Yeah, and um, if you're ready for a side note, I. Side notes. I bought a lot of these three for five action figures from KB because my buddy Matt and I down the street came up with our own X-Men figure, uh, X-Men characters. Mm -hmm. And one of mine was like raw, like the God of Sun kind of like, like Thor. Because mm -hmm. uh, I was like Thor. I used to think Thor was such a fucking stupid character. He was, wasn't he? Up until comics. he was awesome all of a sudden. Well, 
till like the whole Ragnarok original Ragnarok line, it was yeah. it was pretty when Ragnarok came and like killed fucking Goliath in Civil War, it was pretty fucking metal. But so I had the raw action figure. He was like a creation of my own and all his powers. And he like play. He was like an X Men, and I had a bunch of the Stargate figures because they're three for five. Like that was the thing with KB. Like three for five dollars, you you get a lot of bang for your buck in those action figures. Hell yeah, yeah. So, and you just kind of uh, retrofit them for your own needs. Yeah. So I I would I, I they were all like X Men characters or villains. Oh, sweet. Playing an X Men universe because oh. it was like about two years after the cartoon premiered. I was kind of still an X Men, so. Let me look some number. What are you looking at? Action. I'm just looking at him real quick. Oh yeah, they're Hasbro, um, I think. Yeah. The raw one. He had. He looked like an Egyptian. Uh, Jack O'Neill. All right. So I need. All right. I need to get myself a MacGyver action figure. <laughs> I just want a Richard no, Dean Anderson not, action figure. Not the SG One figures. The Stargate movie. But still, no. I. That's fine. I want a Richard Dean Anderson one. Because it's MacGyver. Yeah. Um, and it was a hit. It was viewed in 1.5 million homes uh, across the U.S., which for Showtime and for a premium uh, pay cable service, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was their highest rated show for years. And they went on to, so they wanted two seasons for 44 episodes. They went on and and got it for another five wow uh, yeah and renewed it for another five and then eventually uh sci-fi went and uh got the rights for it and finished off the additional five seasons this show was on the air for 10 seasons wow holy shit um yeah it went from uh 97 to 2007 and uh or 2006 uh but it was at, at after the eighth season that's when everyone started parting ways uh, MacGyver left. Um, uh, a few other characters uh, kind of stepped down uh, once, like uh, Sci-Fi took over. Uh, but then they, everyone would still come back, and uh, Richard Dean Anderson would still made appearances throughout. Like he got promoted and you know shit like that. And it just it wasn't the same. I didn't stick with it the entire way. Um, what was real cool was, um, and so they used it. Um, so it takes place in the same universe like a year after the events of the Stargate movie. And uh, Kurt Russell's character is the same character that is played by Richard Dean Anderson, uh, Jack O'Neill. Um, and uh, uh, Michael Shanks plays James Spader's character. And uh, listen, uh, they had a lot of support. From they, I guess they went to the Air Force because this was supposed to be like a you know a military team that you know travels through the Stargate, and they had a lot of military support from them, and they, unlike uh, Independence Day, where the military wanted nothing to do with them, in this case, they let them shoot B- the actual shots. Like so, the Stargate is held inside uh, Cheyenne Mountain, you know NORAD. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the establishing shots that they show of like NORAD base on the show that's NORAD. That's that's Cheyenne Mountain. They just let them shoot B-roll of the gate there in the tunnel going in, and that's the actual mountain. Oh wow! That yeah, where they track Santa Claus. 
That's insane. Um, uh, and they would they had experts they or you know uh, a liaison on set the entire time as far as like you know as far as insignia and rank and just you know how you would do this and you know in my mind my cynical mind it's like well yeah these are good guys fighting aliens they're in the air force we have a chance to look good it's a recruiting tool you know you you glamorize it so of course they want to have their input on it i'm fine with it because if it makes the show better more power to them and then a lot of the extras when you're watching the show are actually just like air force personnel they're actually like you're paying them to be extras in the show with your tax dollars <laughs> but you know what they're serving our country let them stand in the background of a richard dean anderson vehicle yeah. Although it's not because he said he wanted to be a uh, 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 cast. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ensemble cast, because he didn't want the he didn't want to have to carry a show all by himself. Again. I absolutely loved it. Uh, oh, one other cool thing was so they wanted to kind of base this off of a stick as close to the movie as they could. So their art director, he went. Um, was it Brett McGuire? Yeah, their art director went back into, you know, L.A. And he's like going through the prop houses and the warehouses. And he's like looking through all the stuff that they used on the movie. And then he's trying to find the actual Stargate and he couldn't find it. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's out there. And like he travels out and there is the original Stargate just like sitting out in a California desert somewhere. Oh, my God. But it was still in good enough shape that he was able to take a mold of it. And then recreate it. So it's the, the one on the show. It's not the original, but it's an exact replica from the one that was, was olded, molded um, originally. Yeah, they didn't spare any expense. John Hammond would have been proud. They, they spent over $400,000 uh, in visual effects per episode. Jeez. Yeah, it's like a, it's a movie. They made yeah. they were making little movies. Mm. And the fact it was nineteen ninety seven. It was on Showtime. Do you know what that meant for a little old how fourteen year old squeezer? Boobies. Yeah. Mm. It had boobies. Well, I see I th I I thought Stargate SG one was on like WPIX eleven. Did it get syndicated oh. there? Oh, 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 did it get syndicated? Okay, so, I thought so. Because of the production costs. Right. Uh, six months after its original run, Showtime allowed it to run in the syndication, um, which then started becoming a problem. And that's why they sold it to Sci-Fi. And that's when they also cut the budget after, you know, they didn't have that same amount of money. It, it kind of was uh, it kind of bit him in the ass. So by uh, selling it, they were able to and I think Sci-Fi spent like hundred even not even for the actual rights to it but just syndication rights was in the hundreds of millions of dollars um and it would go on to be a highly rated show on showtime uh but the problem with syndication was the whole point of it was that you got showtime to watch stargate now if you know it's going to be syndicated on like pix six months later why do i need to get showtime you know, you just wait it out a little bit. Right. Uh, and so that's where they got to a point where it's like, look, this is a good show. Our ratings are good and consistent. But for the money that we're spending, it's not gaining us any new viewers. So we got to, you know, send it on its way. 
but that was after five seasons, um, which is more than most shows could even ask for. And yeah, it's a syndication monster. It's, it's probably still running somewhere out there. Uh, if, if you know, you just turn on, you want to watch somewhere between Xena and uh, Legends of Hercules, you get a good Stargate in there. Well, that's a. I mean, I, I, I don't think I ever saw the movie Stargate. I saw pieces of it on, like, pay-per-view and, you know, Kurt Russell, okay, and I had the action figures, but and I never watched a show, but maybe I'll check it out if I, you know, have an extra 50 hours to carve out of my it, life. It's good afternoon sci It's good Sunday afternoon sci-fi. Good Sunday afternoon sci-fi. All right, this is another movie. This is a movie that got released in 1997 that I it just got put on Netflix, and I still love it to this day. It's out of his nine, it's... Oh, man, it's tough to pick my favorite movie, but fuck, this is this is close. You gonna come in on this thing? You got to go all the way. Half a million dollars is up for grabs. Don't go doing something stupid. And a whole lot of scamming is about to go down. Let him get the money. Just take it from him. The setup, the shakedown, the mix-up, the showdown. Booyah. Pam Greer, Samuel L. Jackson, Robert Forster, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, and Robert De Niro. Is she dead? Pretty much. Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown, rated R. Now playing. I love Robert De Niro's character in this movie. Is she dead? Pretty much. <laughs> Kills Bridget Fonda. Um, I, so I can't... I saw all this in 1997 on VHS. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. I was a huge Pulp Fiction fan. Huge Pulp Fiction fan. I liked it before I even got most of the stuff in it and knew I liked it. And I wanted to see this so bad. And I, it, to, to me, it's... Like the most underrated Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, like it's based on Elmore Leonard's Rum Punch, and Elmore Leonard considers it. And Elmore Leonard's had a lot of novels like adapted to movies, uh, Out of Sight, uh, Justified, on FX. He wrote uh, Get Shorty was one of his novels. Um, what the fuck? Uh, Pronto, Touch, uh, Split Images. Uh, Cat Chaser, Glitz, uh, Desperado, The Return of Desperado, like all these fucking The Ambassador, all these novels he wrote were good. But then he, he wrote the 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 Three Ten the Yuma the story to it. Oh really? Yeah, he Elmore Leonard wrote a lot, but he considers um, Rum, uh, uh, Jackie Brown to be the best adaptation of his work ever, which was the adaptation of Rum Punch. I read the book. And the book is fantastic, but the movie's just—it's—it was the first time ever where you like you just have to sit there and let Quentin Tarantino pour over you, which I love. And I, we mm -hmm. talked about this with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and you know he's got Pam Greer as Jackie Brown, and um, Robert Forster comes out of retirement to do this Max Cherry role, and he's just so fucking perfect. And the soundtrack and the music, and um. This is the start of him using uh, Sam Jackson in almost every movie he makes. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Jackie Brown, it's just got put on Netflix in the end of July. Go ahead and uh, take a look at it. I know I, he was Sam Jackson was shoot, shooting Sphere at the same time, so he had to come out on weekends just to work with Quentin. Um. And the whole, like, like Robert De Niro is hysterical. He plays this, like, ex-con who was in 
prison with uh, with uh, Sam Jackson's character, and he's there helping him run guns. There's just it's just a, it's a long movie, and there's a great story behind it. But stick with it the whole time, just because it's it's fantastic. I probably almost twenty years. I probably I probably I haven't seen it probably since high school. I watch it all the time. It's one of my favorites. I'll go back. I don't know for some reason. I just uh, I I saw it once, maybe twice. Yeah, a lot of people uh, sleep on it, but I love it. I, yeah. I I read the book like four or five years ago, um, just because I've never read. Uh, so I had Rum mm-hmm. Punch, and I was like, oh, I bought it. I might as well read it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen probably seen Reservoir Dogs thirty, forty times. Like you know. I've probably seen Reservoir Dogs more than I've seen Pulp Fiction. No, I've seen Pulp Fiction a lot. I've seen Kill Bill 1 a lot. I've seen Django. I love Django and Jane. Uh, i only seen Inglourious Bastards like three times. I should watch that again. Uh, and I'm going to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a bunch of times because I love that. Uh, I just got to find time. Got to find a night where I can come home late on my own accord. To me, there's like... Two actors who there's if if Leo DiCaprio is putting out a movie, I usually go see it right away because it's either Scorsese or now Quentin and Quentin Tarantino puts a movie, I see it right away. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw Grindhouse in its original setting in the movie theater, like as the double feature mm-hmm. before they split it. So Death Proof and um, the fucking which Planet I Planet Terror. Planetaire, which I actually like, Robert Rodriguez's Planetaire. Yeah, I liked them both. I liked the whole fucking thing and had all the fake trailers and everything and the commercials mm-hmm. in between it. Yeah, we saw that. My buddies were all pissed. They're like, this is fucking stupid. I I drank in every second of it. But um, yeah, uh, I would say Jackie Brown is a monumental part of 1997. Nice. Here's your next picks for you. Now there are new enhancements to the TV parental guidelines that will provide even more information to help you make family viewing decisions. The familiar symbols you've come to recognize are now enhanced by the following descriptors to provide even more content information. FV for fantasy violence, D for suggestive dialogue, L for coarse language, S for sexual situations, and V for violence. For more information about TV parental guidelines, write to this address. That doesn't date it right there. Yeah, it's creepy. If you need more information, write a letter. Write us a letter. <laughs> and that those voices were creepy. Oh yeah. How, ugh. Yeah, you know that guy's not allowed around the school. No. Um. So it, it that that little letter that 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 guideline that you see up there that's been around for 22 years now. Jeez. Uh yeah. I remember when this first came out, and it was such a... For me, I'm like, oh, great, it's a guy. As soon as I see that TVMA, I know I'm going to watch it. You know, especially as a, you know, dumb teenage boy. It's a given. Oh, it's Y? Y7? I'm not going to watch that. Right. You know? Even if it... Like, if you... And even if... So it changed from show to show. um, From episode to episode, because that's how they rated it. And if you watch a... uh, You know, you're watching a regular show of yours, and, like, for some reason, like it's like a TV MA show, and in one week it says like TV fourteen. It's like, you know Aw, it's gonna be a good episode. Bummer. 
No, I thought. I mean, opposite. But if you saw like the yeah. up in the rating, you know. It was oh yeah. Be a, like the MA. Yeah, when you saw the MA, <laughs> and then um, when they started adding in the content descriptors, and you got all excited, and it'd be like when you when it was full, when it was just D L S V, like just everything that you can possibly imagine. It's like, all right, this is gonna be a good one. Uh. Yeah, so it, 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 this all started back in 96 when our good friends in Congress got together and they started putting together the... Didn't Tipper Gore have something to do with this? Um, I or don't no, know. She about, was, that Tipper, was the, um, Tipper Gore was the music, that the, was the, music the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. This was a senator from Ohio, I want to say. This is a byproduct of the good old Telecommunications Act of 1996. Um, which replaced the Communications Act of, can you guess what year? 95. Uh, no. A little earlier. 79. little earlier. 64. little earlier. 55. little earlier. 47. little earlier. 39. little earlier. 25. The... The Telecommunications Act of 1996 replaced the Communications Act of 1934. Holy shit. Just a few things had changed. Um, it was the first time I think the word internet was used in any, like, official But, but think of how much has changed. Like, I don't think as much, as much has changed from 34 to 97 as it has from 97 to now. Isn't that well, crazy? There, there was no TV. <laughs> right. But think about now. Everything's like... In 97, no one would have thought we had these small devices in our pockets that do everything. No. Yeah. 1934. 1934. That's crazy. Holy yeah. shit. Um, All right. Well, what... And th- then they, they approached... Um, they they approached the uh, cable providers and the content providers and asked them, will you on your own accord go and develop these guidelines? And they said yes, because they didn't want to deal with the headache of, you know, arguing with them. Plus, maybe they thought, hey, if we put TVMA on shit, a bunch of dumb teenage boys are going to watch it because they think it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it would coincide with the V-chip where you could where oh the v chip that is does that i forgot about that so the v chip was part of that and it was all included with um the order to install v chips was all part of title five of this which you might know as the communications decency act Hmm. i might know Um, it does that yeah we're getting like these are conversations that we actually have at work and like in a pleasant and enjoyable kind of sense without telling stupid jokes um, and the V-chip, I think it had to be by year 2000, had to be installed in all TVs purchased throughout the United States. Yeah, they used to, like, a, a selling point on that, V-chip installed. But so, I never uh, knew what it did. Yeah, so fun fact, uh, you can, it would, it, so that, that I guess, uh, use, encoded in that graphic in the corner was also signal saying, giving the TV, your home box, a rating. And then the V chip would decipher that, and then could you can program it to block certain rated shows mm. uh, and protect our. Uh, think of the children. 
Think of the children. Uh, fun fact, in 2007, uh, this is uh, roughly seven years after all V-chips were mandated, 88% didn't, didn't use their V-chips. Yep. And it, it got to the point, like, they even broke it down, too, where it's like 30% didn't know they had it, 37% didn't care that they had it, mm-hmm. and another, like, uh, 20% tried it and then gave up and didn't care. And then, yeah, there was a whole 12% that actually went through and, and you know, I'm using my chip. V-chip. And those, I bet you those were all grandparents that the kids weren't even in the house most of the time to begin with. Because trust me, if you just want your kids to watch them, just get them to watch something and then deal with the, you know, ramifications later. Right. Um, and it took this, so these uh, ratings took effect January 1st, 1997. So New Year's Day, you now knew that you were watching a Y7 program. Uh, so I'll just, I'm actually on the, uh, uh, let's see, where is it? Ratings. I'm on the tvguidelines.org website. Uh, so the content descriptors, it's broken. It's so nice. They just have this, you don't even have to write them a letter now. You can just go to their website. Uh, the audience indicates the audience for which the television program is appropriate. Uh, the content descriptor indicates a show may contain violence, sex, adult language, or suggestive dialogue. Don't know what that means yet. Uh, and then the, te- the uh, descriptors break it down even further. Suggested dialogue usually means talks about sex. Mm. Uh, oh, there's also FV they added, which is fantasy violence, um, which is pretty much like uh, Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's only on children's programming, as opposed to the non-fantasy violence that we would see on, like, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, that's I'm pretty sure that's as fantasy as you can get. Right. I watched a man step on a landmine and explode. Uh, coarse or crude language uh, for the L. S means sexual situations. Now, that's kind of deceiving, because... It's just sexual situations. Now, if you tune in and you're like on HBO or Showtime or Cinemax, you got to look for that N for the nudity. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> and then V for violence, of course. <sighs> yeah, good times. Um, it really like I, I, my at this point we were already. Uh, I was 14. My sister was 12. Um. Like, she wouldn't, my mom didn't want me watching South Park. We did anyway, and then she started loving it, and then it didn't matter. And after that, it was basically, you know, you watch whatever you want, really. Yeah, right. Uh, but then, you know. Yeah, as soon as my parents sense, stopped was, giving a shit, it was like, all right, anyone can watch what they want. Yeah, so it, it didn't really, it didn't really have an effect on me. Um, there may be some younger listeners of the show where. They still rate TV shows, don't they? Yeah, and it's a pain in the ass because you have to do it per episode. Mm. And even even House Hunters, it has, they have to like throw a tag on. Yeah, but not like Netflix and not YouTube, which is great. No, no. Um, which I'm sure, you know, that will come to that. There'll be another community. They, there's going to have to be an additional... Uh, a Communications Act of 2000. A Communications Act of 2000. Well, by the time they get their shit together, 2050-something. So and by then... It was 
three years, sixty-three years. Oh, that's fine. And so they can they can do that. And then when they go to pass this law, robot uh, cyborg Walt Disney is going to come down and say, "No, Congress, I own you. You're not right. going to do this." And they go, "Okay, Mr. Disney." So for, in forty-one oh. years, we're going to get another communications communications act. Yeah, because nothing will change by then. Nah. All right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, am I cool to go on to my last piece? Here? Uh, yeah. Oh, really? You're on your last already? Oh, last pick. Here it is. A little oh, something uh, fun and uh, different. Uh, but I definitely had this. What's the best thing about Kellogg's new Razzle Dazzle Rice Krispies? Let's take a look. Is it the snappy new colors? Is it the snap crackle pot? Or is it the sweet new taste? Kellogg's new Razzle Dazzle Rice Krispies, a part of this complete breakfast that'll make your mouth run wild. So these were regular Rice Krispies, mixed in with food-dyed colored Rice Krispies Ooh. that were sweetened. And they were delicious. By sweetened, you mean they put sugar in them. Right, they had like a sweetened sheen on them. It wasn't so much a frosted flake like sheen. It wasn't a frosted Rice Rice Krispies, which they do make. It was just like a sweetenedness to it. They weren't overly sweetened. That's why I liked them. I love these. I ate these like, like I still like Rice Krispies to this day. Mm -hmm. um, and Rice Krispies, like I have the Strawberry Rice Krispies. Cocoa, Cocoa Krispies are good too. But uh, Razzle Dazzle Rice Krispies were amazing. And they should bring them back because they were pretty fucking good. Um, and remembering back, I was like, oh shit, these came out in 97. I had these. This was something my mom would buy for me when we would go grocery shopping in the Weiss in 1997. There was also Jurassic World Crunch. And I don't know, 97, uh, looking back, was a weird year because you're kind of stuck between still being a kid and growing up. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were a year younger, but still, you must have felt it the same for you. Uh, That more hit around 2007. <laughs> No, it, like the... I, I know I clung to the the childhood. I, I, I went. I was the will of the group. I went kicking and screaming. I just wanted to play fucking D and D. All right. Well, that's fine. I had I had no group, so. Well, I didn't. I... Um, it was basically me and my own. But yeah, I, my life went like childhood, and then like try to be cool and not read comic books and be into this stuff, but still be into it because I still was. Mm -hmm. Like I still saw Batman and Robin in the theater, um, oh, yeah. which came out this year in '97. Yeah, I, I was I wasn't sure I was about taking it, but I wasn't sure if you would jump on it. So, uh, too obvious. Then and then um, we went to uh, you know you you grow up a little bit and you don't like it, and then you kind of get into it again, and then, and then you have that like like twenty something. Like, where you're getting rid of stuff, you know? Ugh, yeah. The purge. The purges. Yeah. Why? Why? Why to be cool? And you don't want to have things. And then... Uh, now, now I don't want to have things. The... Yeah, well, then I start getting a little older, and I want to just surround myself with all these pieces of my childhood. And that's kind of where this show came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was... right, Battle Troll. 
<laughs> I was really into doing that and and talking about it, and I just felt like, why not? Why not do it? And here we are, uh, talking about 1997, a year when I was torn between. By I still was reading books at the time. I'd still go to comic books and get my pools every month, or every every two weeks. I, every almost every week I had pools. You know, from what I could afford. My dad big. Your pool list is costing me a fortune. <laughs> um, I don't have a pool list anymore. In case anyone's wondering, and I should, but I read a lot of my shit digitally now. Uh, but yeah, back in '97, I still had a pool list. Um. I think I had a pool list until college, so 2001 is when I couldn't get to my comic book store anymore and have my pools saved for me. Uh, I don't know. I guess eating Razzle Dazzle Rice Krispies still was kind of holding on to your youth a little bit. Even though you were <laughs> like sneaking weed and tr- or, or sneaking beer and trying weed for the first time, and I was in 1997. And probably a lot of our listeners were, you know, you still wanted to hold on to some of the things that made you, you, you. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, you had to hide it. Yeah. Because you couldn't show the, you had to be cool. Yeah. Because all God, of a sudden you, you gave a shit what not only other people, but mainly females thought of you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that was never an issue. <laughs> uh, but now I, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. But I feel I, I'm, I'm not going to say that the kid that kids have it easy now. No, they have it horrible. From, kids kids no, get iPhones probably, at like nine years old. I would never want that. No, I would never. the 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 fact that in 1997 I didn't have a cell phone was the greatest thing in the world. I wish I can go back to that. That's why I like to go camping. Just leave it in my car yeah. for emergencies. All right. Uh, speaking um, speaking of things I liked when I was nine. Here's your next pick. Joe Camel will be given a life sentence and put away forever. The bill gives the FDA the power to restrict cigarette ingredients it deems hazardous and would require new health warnings that cover half the packaging. It prohibits the use of misleading terms like light, mild, or low tar and puts a stop to colorful ads that might appeal to kids. Oh, the death of Joe Camel. Oh, poor guy. You know he was only 10 years old when he died? <laughs> he only in yeah. 1987 they started him? Yeah, 1987. It was uh, part of the, uh, was it 75th anniversary, I think? Uh, our good friends at R.J. Reynolds. Um, so they, they want to put a campaign together uh, to celebrate uh, death. And um, they came across an ad, like back in the '70s, that ran in Europe with this camel character, and they tweaked them and stuff like that, and they made him, you know, Joe Camel, and Joe Camel became this like symbol of awesomeness and cool in the '90s. I mean, who who is cooler than Joe Camel? I mean, I mean, Willie the Cool Penguin was not as cool mm-hmm. as Joe Camel. What about the Marlboro Man? Well, he was just awesome, <laughs> uh, and he was just the man's man, you know, with you know the inability to live a long, healthy life. Still, um, but everyone's uh, penis-faced 
uh, pachyderm. Is it a pachyderm? What's a, what's a camel? Uh, Drados, fear, Drado. Everyone's favorite uh, penis face camel. Uh, yeah, he loved to just hang out and chill and smoke. And smoke was, cigs. He was everywhere, and yeah. you couldn't not look at it as a kid. And from the research that was done, it seemed to work because smoking for underage and young adults skyrocketed by 600% with the introduction of Joe Camel. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know how that works, though. It's a goddamn penis cartoon. Look at him. No, I will. It's been broken down. Everyone knows. Artistically, he was designed to look like male genitalia because men see that and it transitions some weird psychological thing in your head that makes you try oh, yeah, to Oh, yeah, that does it. look like a dick and balls. Yeah, it's a dick and balls. Um... If you just go to the look up Joe Camel on the Wikipedia at the bottom in the external links, there's a gallery uh, link and it'll take you to Vintage Ad Browser, and you can go through and they have all the posters, all the Joe Camels throughout the years. Uh, him looking like a fighter pilot, him as a race car driver. Oh, that was playing everywhere. billiards. Yep. Uh, where's some of the others? In Hollywood. In the, oh, I in remember his talks the one, the casino. so they're driving in the convertible, and he's holding a pack of cigarettes up, like, to the yeah. camera. Uh, yeah, he was just, he was just a badass, and he's hanging out with his, oh, he's got the shirt on with the cigarettes racked, wrapped up in his sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad would come home and, like, from, like, the beer distributor and, like, bring me a poster. And, like, here you go, here's a poster. <laughs> it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I just had a poster of Joe Camel hanging up <laughs> on my wall in my bedroom as a kid. Um, yeah, because, you know, smoking, I don't know, it was weird back then. Like, you, people think, like, you go around and say a lot of people smoke now. Like, fuck, you have no idea. Even 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, like, before they, like, you could smoke anywhere. Like, restaurants. McDonald's, like, airplanes had ashtrays. Yeah, cars all had ashtrays in them. Like cars don't have ashtrays anymore. Like even if you think it's a bad idea, not a bad idea to smoke, you gotta think it's a bad idea to smoke in a compressed cabin in the sky. Yeah. But like, like cars don't have ashtrays. Like McDonald's don't have ashtrays. Like, like, it you could smoke anywhere back then. Like it was just mm-hmm. it was just a thing you did. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it, and, and little squeezer with his puckered lips. With the window cracked like a half an inch, just trying to siphon fresh air going down the highway as dad's just dragging butt after butt down in the oh, middle of winter. What'd he smoke? Oh, no, he was a Winston guy. Winston, that's what I thought. Yeah, because yep, of the NASCAR racing. Guy, but he was also a hoarder of anything junk. So, like like I always talked about when we'd go camping, we had our camel uh, uh, like patio lights. And we had two strings of camel lights that they were, it was a camel, a pyramid, and a uh, uh, palm tree. Yeah. And we would string those up along the campsite, and that's what we lit up with. And those were, it was a camel cigarette promotional string of lights, Christmas lights. Now, you had a a sleeping bag too, right? That was a Marlboro sleeping bag. Yeah, Winston didn't really go big on on the giveaways, but he was a barter kind of guy, so he would collect. I guess people didn't want to go through the hassle of collecting them, so he would just like collect all their points and stuff like that. And it's like, hey, here, 
free sleeping bag. Like, that's free. You know, five years off your life, but still free. Um, bam, it was a good mummy bag. I found it not that long ago up in the attic, cleaning out the house, but it was so gross. It had to go. It was all moldy and stuff, but that was a good bag. But yeah, I'm trying to remember which posters I had. But I, I definitely remember I was the I had one of the ones with him in the convertible, like holding the cigarettes up to you, like here, have a smoke, kid. When I was in like middle school, the kids all thought it was cool to smoke Camel Unfiltereds or Camel Wides. Ugh. I you know, luckily I was like grossed out by it and allergic to the world, so. Yeah, that's where I never. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Do you hear her? Did you just get attacked on the show? Yeah. (laughs) Ah, that was fantastic. Crystal just attacked my arm. Oh, I should have just laid out. That's it. She didn't didn't really bite. She didn't bite hard, but. Oh, just cut it that, and people have to hang on till next week. It's a cliffhanger. Did Ryan survive the attack? I know. Jeez. (sighs) Sorry, I didn't want to scare all of it anymore. All right, you can edit that downtime, but you gotta leave the attack. In. I gotta leave the attack in. Yeah, <laughs> she just like attacked my arm. She didn't bite it, but she's got problems like PTSD. I don't know what her issue is. But she's sitting there and now she's she's attacking my arm. Uh, you know what? I I get it. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've been in the same room with you from time to time. <laughs> I I love you, but you know, yeah. Sometimes I just want to bite you. Yeah, and she didn't break skin or anything. No, no, I won't either. Ah. <laughs> uh... Well, this has been a fun chat about 1997. And a, was, was it? I don't and, know. And a cat attack. I, I, mean, I know we talked about other things that weren't necessarily 1997. Oh, shit. Start playing the theme music instead of yep. you. Um, I was queuing it well, up. You're, go, you, you're in, in dealing with some trauma right now. Yeah, I know. It's attack. So, um, you do realize if she was like you know 10 or 20 pounds more, you'd be dead right yeah, now. Yeah, she'd be eating me. Yeah. Uh, so, we... Uh, I'm happy to announce that our new pins are coming out and our our new pins for sale are going to be extinct junk food and look on radiers.com and our Instagram this week because I will be unveiling them. I have them. You've seen them. They're lovely, aren't they? Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, I got one hanging up in my office. And um, you'll be able to buy this first in a series this week. Ah, it's so cool. Also, we got some more merch coming out and some other things. Uh, We still have very limited amounts of the free pins. And that's going to go until the end of September. Well, somewhere around the end of September. So if we're either going to run out of pins first or you're going to run out of time. But if you haven't done the steps, uh, do them now and get your free pin set. Everyone's been getting them and loving them. Um, Radiers.com for more information. You rate and review us and just make us feel better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, That's pretty much what this is all about. Right. But, but the new, the detail in the new pins is just awesome. Oh, it's amazing! Like uh, the the, ma- the amount of detail that you can cram in the one pin without making it bigger than the other one is just yeah. So cool. <laughs> I have a, I have a plan for that too going forward, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll get there when we get there. Until then, um, I'm RK. Oh, I'm Squeezer. And you guys have a good night.